0: What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows podcast. It has been a minute. It's been it, so long. It's, it's been so a minute. Uh, we did not. We, we planned very poorly last week uh, because, Tyler, you were out of town last week. I was out of town. I was also out of town last week. You were out of town. <laughs> Cameron wasn't. But for him to do a solo podcast, also, can I just say, like, he's moving to Florida in 48 hours, like less than 48 hours, less
1: than 48 hours.
0: By the time you're listening to this podcast, like, he'll probably be hours away from moving to Florida. Yeah, that's kind of so. So we've so last week was just a train wreck for us. We were not organized whatsoever. So that is we apologize for that. But we are back now two podcasts a week until the start of the season we'll still be having two podcasts i don't know why i said until the start of the season oh because then we'll have three because then we'll have two during the week and the start set saturday that's why said, i'm like there's a reason i said that. there's a reason tyler how you doing tonight man just you and me hanging out
1: oh man what an honor it is to be back to share the space um i i miss. i'm not gonna lie i missed Having the fantasy football routine that I was in before, I uh, made my little rendezvous out to the suburbs of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and uh, oh no, sorry, that just
0: <laughs> oh, what no. you do.
1: I'm in a re. I'm in a draft right now. And I was like, and Kareem Hunt's way down on the board. And I was like, oh, nice. And it's, I mean, I've got a ways to go until I pick. So I'm like, fine, I'll pick up Kareem Hunt. He just went.
0: Oh, sounds like someone pulled a me and reached down 15 (sighs) picks to get Kareem Hunt.
1: Which is, I mean, we're not even live on YouTube. So there's no way they know. There's no (laughs) way they know. Oh, man. Um, No, but real quick, I just want to give a a special, special shout out to none other. Then the Cake Boys himself. Let's start <laughs> off with the leaders. Cosmic Brownie, which is yours truly. Uh, Star Crunch, which is our good buddy. Uh, Martin underscore Ethan underscore 11. I think that's the that's the handle on our mailbag. I All think, I, I
0: know th- is that he's a frequent mailbag contributor.
1: Yep, yep. Star Crunch, shout out to you. And then a special shout out to Twinkie, to Nutty Buddy, to Swiss Roll, to... Zebra cake, two honey buns, and two oatmeal pie. A sp- do all shout out to all of you.
0: Did you all just attend a reunion for a funeral for like hostess <laughs> treats or what?
1: Hey, no, whoa, 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 whoa! We we were very we 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 shared a common love for little Debbie treats, and I know what you're all, what you're all thinking twinkies and swiss rolls are not little debbie treats you know yeah, what they're, they're all stuff. cake treats they're all cake treats and you know what that's what we call ourselves the cake boys not the little debbie boys the so little... see and it's little debbie boys doesn't really have like the greatest ring to it so
0: no it doesn't
1: oh so, that's why we rolled out with the cake boys because that in, that's more inclusive <laughs> and that is you know it includes in the swiss rolls and the twinkies and stuff so again shout out to the cake boys y'all are awesome
0: little debbie boys <laughs> i'm not gonna be able to get over that now that... <laughs> i mean
1: if we ever need to change the slogan of three stooges being dudes, we can just say the little debbie boys the little debbie dudes. boys <laughs>
0: Oh, well, it's good to be back. I second that sentiment. Uh, it was good to good to have a little bit of time off, but also very much ready to be back in the daily fantasy football grind, especially, man, now that training camp is underway, we miss, we missed a ton of news last week. I shouldn't say missed, but a ton of news happened last week. We won't recap all of it for you because by this point, a lot of it is over a week old. If you haven't heard about it by now, it's because you're probably living under a rock. So we <laughs> we'll go over some pieces of news from uh from just over the weekend here. Before we dive into our divisional breakdown, we'll be ha- we'll be having back-to-back divisional breakdown episodes this week, the AFC West and the NFC West, uh, for both of this week's episodes. News and notes from this past weekend. Uh, uh ooh, Ty, we had our first taste of football on Thursday. <laughs> Finally, (laughs) finally,
1: you you guys did. I I was nowhere near a TV, but you guys had a thrilling match against with the Jaguars and the Raiders, thrilling.
0: I don't care. It was football. It was football. It was football. football. From what you've seen, though, instant takeaways from the game. Like, I don't think I don't even want to draw any big fantasy conclusions because I don't think it's possible to, but just like instant, (laughs) instant reactions and takeaways you had.
1: Trayvon Walker yeah, who who that boy is look and and I remember at the draft and all that stuff we were saying like Aiden Hutchinson is good is a beast compared to Trayvon Walker uh Trayvon Walker is coming in with a with a point to prove and that was a great start to the season for him
0: yeah you never want to like pull too much out of the first game but also like I don't know if you're a rookie and you come show out like that it's a good good sign of things to come i would I would like to think yes any anything on the Raiders? There's a little bit of uh concern about how much Josh Jacobs was out there. Obviously, we saw some really good run from zamir White too uh you you buying into any any sort of narrative there
1: nah well, I think I didn't. Think much of it at first, and then I saw an update. I don't know how many days ago it was, but like Josh McDaniels shut down a a question about yeah, a potential trade, trade with yeah. Jacobs. Um. So I really have no idea what to think anymore because part of me is just like, well, it's preseason and get the rookies out there, right? Like, and but then for a reporter to ask a question about
0: a trade that. I don't think any of us knew about. I don't think there was anything like it. W- it wouldn't have surprised me, but it wasn't one of those where I had heard like active rumors about Josh Jacobs being shopped.
1: Right. So I guess, I mean, again, I'm not trying to overreact, but at the same time, like I I guess it just further confirms what, we the fellows have been saying for a very long time that this is going to be like a three-headed monster backfield with zamir white Kenyon drake and josh jacobs
0: yeah i think we'll dive into more of that that raiders backfield in this episode And, and i think you and i will have a little bit of time to go back and forth on some of those thoughts but no i agree i like i'm not i'm not taking anything too much away from that game it was fun to have football back it's a hall of fame game. These teams still have a lot of time before the regular season. And Josh Jacobs is just a guy who typically likes to play his running backs in the preseason. Like he likes to get them a lot of touches and a lot of reps right away. So that's why I think, you know, we're all like, well, why is Jacobs out there? Like, does he have something to prove to the coaching staff still? I think it's just how Josh McDaniels likes to run his preseason games, get, get their legs underneath them. So they're ready to go for the regular season. So other the pieces of news, Kareem Hunt, this was big. Uh, requests a trade out of Cleveland. <laughs> Slams his mic.
1: Jeez. Shoot. I can't it. believe it.
0: <laughs> requests a trade out of Cleveland. He's still practicing in training camp, though. Uh, I don't think this does anything for his value in fantasy football. Here, let me rephrase this does not hurt his value in fantasy football. It only helps his value in fantasy football.
1: Yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah, unless he goes to some team like Minnesota where there's Dalvin Cook, right? Right, like the the only way it hurts him is he goes to a team that has a runner that is exactly like a Kareem Hunt.
0: Right. Yeah. If he if he goes to a similar situation that he's in in Cleveland, right, where he's technically behind Nick Chubb, right?
1: Well, he's he's a one B guy,
0: right. Right. I know. Behind doesn't feel right. I feel like a lot of people say, no, he's behind Nick Chubb. Okay, just go back and watch Kareem Hunt from three years ago, okay? Like, it, dude is insanely talented, right? You put Kareem Hunt on any other team, though, the dude becomes like a top 15 running back in fantasy.
1: Does he not? You no, know, he he does.
0: So that's, that's why, like, I've been saying all offseason, like, you're drafting Kareem Hunt too low right now. I guess the running back 30, that is absolutely insane for a guy who has been top 12 when he's been on the field the past two seasons. Then you get him into a, a backfield by himself without Nick Chubb where he gets majority of the rushing work and still gets a bulk of the receiving work. Like that's a recipe for top 15, if not even higher. Right? So I think this only helps cream hunts value. And if he continues playing for the Browns, guess what? You're still drafting him out of value right now. So if you can go on and get yourself some Kareem Hunt right now, uh, go do it. Go get yourself some Kareem Hunt right now. I am very upset I don't have him on, on many of my dynasty teams anymore. Uh, I, I dealt him at the end of last year, unfortunately, but I digress. Matthew Stafford dealing with thrower's elbow, typically a baseball injury we see, not necessarily a football injury. And I and I, and I can speak from experience having been a baseball player and been around, been around people who have had a lot of throwers elbow in the past. Anyway, still taking reps at practice, but something to keep an eye on. How does this impact Rams rankings for you right now? As we're like in the prime season of like, holy crap, I have so many projections I need to tweak with all this news coming out. <laughs> as we were discussing beforehand.
1: Yeah, right. All, you know, all like 150 people that I've got to adjust. Yeah, right. um, I, at the moment, it doesn't affect it at all because the I, the tone that it all has when I read a report is, oh, he'll be fine week one. Yeah. But it's the closer that we get to week one, and if it doesn't seem like it's getting better, then I'll start being concerned. Right. And it's, I mean, and I think the thing is, like, let, let's remember who we're talking about here. Yeah, we're talking about Matthew Stafford, one of the most durable players in the in the league. But the amount of times that he throws the ball around, it's probably going to go down a little bit because he's still going to play. Yeah, just he just won't be as involved. So when you look at the weapons, then and you're like, okay, Higby and Al Robinson, Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup. I think it hurts the former three. It doesn't really affect Cooper Cup because I think Stafford is going to be like the hyper target.
0: Hyper target. Right. Right.
1: So like I said, for the moment, it's fine. It's fine. But as we get closer and closer and if it doesn't sound like it's getting better, then I will start to uh, worry a lot more.
0: Yeah, I agree. If it's something we're still hearing about two weeks from now, then I'll be concerned. As of right now, I'm not too worried about it. It's pain management, and frankly, Matthew Stafford is the kind of guy who will just say, just put something in me, numb it up, and I'll be fine, right? (laughs) Like, like that's just the guy Matthew Stafford is. So, no, I'm with you there. Uh, Last piece of news, we're just trying to mow through all the BS, right? There's a ton of reports coming out right now, different guys taking different reps, and (laughs) I like depth chart news. And it's just like, I just that's just all smoke man um, so but last piece of like actually fantasy relevant news J.K. Dobbins activated off of the pup list and on track to be ready for week one against the Jets Gus Edwards on the other hand not looking like he'll be ready to suit up week one uh, what are you making of all this now <laughs>
1: You know, I hate I hate uh, ranking Cleveland players, but a close second is Baltimore.
0: Oh, close second is totally Baltimore.
1: I guess, Gosh, shoot. <laughs> you thought both Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins were going to weren't going to make it for week one. So you're like, oh, Mike Davis. Bump him up a little bit. And Tyler like, Beatty. Tyler. Tyler Beatty even. And then you're and then the reports are coming out. Oh, Gus Edwards should be good to go for week one, and Dobbins <laughs> should not be ready to go. And then you're like, okay, down Mike Davis, down Tyler Beatty, and up Gus Edwards. And then Dobbins is good to go. Now Edwards is done. And now you're like, okay, so now we have the lead back in the scenario in, in the in the team back. That's gotta impact more than just Mike Davis and Tyler Beatty. Like that ev- that that impacts Lamar a little bit. Yeah, that impacts Bateman that even Andrews a little bit.
0: Andrews a little bit. Yeah,
1: like like it like having or having Edwards out and Dobbins in it affects a lot more people than I think we want to admit.
0: No, it it totally does. I I 100% agree. I'm glad I didn't tweak any of my Dobbins projections
1: yeah you're lucky because
0: i i'm like i'm just not tweaking anything until i know anything for certain so like alvin Kamara, like i need to start tweaking him now because his court date is getting pushed back and honestly oh no like yeah like he he might be one where it's like okay shoot i might need to project him a full 17 games now versus you know i'm i'm assuming a four game suspension but right like all of a sudden like jk dobbins a uh, great all of a sudden i have him on track for pretty much what i already projected him out to be because this is exactly the scenario i imagined jk dobbins in was coming into week one healthy ish and still getting eased back into that offense so no i i'm i back in on jk dobbins i'm I'm willing to draft him and mostly in best ball leagues right now uh redraft we'll see come closer to time but like in best ball his adp was falling like day by day by day if you're in best ball leagues now. Go ahead and get yourself some J.K. Dobbins. I think that's totally fine.
1: I, I'm, <laughs> I'm about ready to say like, you know what? When we do our draft guy next year, <laughs> we're not doing this like most up to date thing. <laughs> when we release it, we release it, and we're not doing suspensions. We're not doing a lot of that. It is full seventeen games for every player screw the potential injuries how many games i'll miss now i'm doing full 17 i'm keeping it until i know instead of being like oh actually i think this will happen no there's no more think less thinking more dewey you know what i'm saying like <laughs> that's that's the motto for our draft guide next year
0: Less thinking more dewey there therefore more dewey would mean updating your projections more frequently would it not
1: no, unless I tell myself, no, we're just <laughs> it, which I will do.
0: <laughs> if you don't have our draft guide, by the way, $5, uh, you can go check that out in our link tree. Uh, Venmo, Cash App, PayPal is $5 in your email, and we will get that sent over to you. Projections on over 200 players from the all the three of us. Date. So it's, it's like up to date. And the most up to date. Yes. Yeah. You're getting that update every single day. So you don't have Should to pay be. for a new draft guide. Come closer right. to your well, draft day. Right. Exactly. All right, let's move on to the AFC West Divisional Breakdown. And as always, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since we've had another hot take, Ty. Drop a hot take for us. So, Ty, we're uh, talking about the AFC West. We got the Broncos. We got the Chiefs. We got the Raiders. We got the Chargers. Who are we focusing on today?
1: Uh, We're focusing on the guy that... uh... I'm surprised we are not we haven't been labeled as the anti this player people yet because every time we mention his name
0: it is not a lot of positive on (laughs) us.
1: I was gonna say, like it is not very optimistic. Um and if you know us, you know exactly who we're talking about. But for those that don't, I'm talking about Derek Carr. Okay. The trendy uh Guy that will sneak into the top 12 this year for quarterbacks because he's got Devontae Adams and a new coach. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> we're talking we're talking about the guy that has never really, I mean, besides his like one MVP MB- MVP year, right? But he got injured that year, has never been like the highest like touchdown thrower in the no. league. He had the yardage last year, but he didn't have the touchdowns. And I think we're all expecting the same thing this year. He's now in a run-first offense with McDaniels that likes to run the ball in. And let me repeat it. Even when Tom Brady was in New England, McDaniels still liked to run the ball in. Okay? Here's the hot take. Derek Carr is going to finish outside of the top 15 quarterbacks this year
0: in fantasy football
1: in fantasy football in fantasy football
0: (laughs) i like it i like that
1: again we we know plenty of people that like to make the efficiency arguments guess what fantasy football does not care about your efficiency stats
0: what's crazy is that the other thing too like you even look at like hunter renfro's targets from last year we'll dive into this more deeply and when we talk about the raiders but like Derek Carr has never been a guy like he'll hyper target guys, but like even Hunter Renfro last year, only 128 targets as the only guy when Darren Waller missed time throughout the season. Like I just, now you get McDaniels in there and it's like, I just don't, I don't think like all of a sudden this offense has three guys who see a hundred north of 120 targets. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I just, I just don't think that's in the cards for Derek Carr. So no, I, I really like that hot take. I am on board with that hot take let's uh let's dive into the division here we won't start with the raiders they will be uh later in the bunch here but let's start with the denver broncos broncos country let's ride oh my gosh oh my no i almost i almost clipped the soundbite but then i'm wondering if we would have gotten in trouble for that but i figured we couldn't because i don't think russ has trademarked it yet but (laughs) at any rate broncos country let's ride
1: the pain. The pain. That's all I feel is pain.
0: We'll start with the man who, who who, spoke that quote into existence, Russell Wilson. New quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Blockbuster move this offseason to go and inquire him. Tyler, you have him as a quarterback 9. I have him as the quarterback 8. We both have him locked in as a top 10 option this year. Your confidence level in that is
1: borderline like 80 percent sure like 80 i'll say 75
0: 75 yeah i'm at like a 95
1: i only say i only say 75 80 because (laughs) we can just name off all the quarterbacks but that takes too long that's fair (laughs) russell (laughs)
0: wilson name game
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Um no, I like part of me does wonder a little bit though, right? With Hackett as the as the you know, there's the coach now and the scheme that kind of comes in coming from Green Bay. That 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 scheme is a Shanahan scheme. Yeah, that's right. And Shanahan and a Shanahan scheme is built off the run. So like part of me, like realizes the talent that Russell Wilson is, but this is a very different team than when he was in Seattle, right? Like Pete Carroll also liked the run, but like these teams use the run very differently. So like, again, I don't deny the talent that Russell Wilson has, and I don't deny the, or the, the weapons that he has either. I, part of me is, is just like, wonder like just how many touchdowns a run game kind of takes away from russell wilson this year
0: that's fair i i feel like the run game this team is going to score a lot more points this year let's first set the record straight there i just think when you come from a system like seattle where pete carroll is just old-fashioned let me run the ball on first and second down and have russell wilson chuck the ball downfield right like like, when you come from an offense that's already so laser-focused on establishing the run, and now you come to a hack at offense, which, like you said, is you know a few branches down the Shanahan tree at this point. Like, I'm not as worried about that, I guess, because we've seen Russell Wilson finish above quarterback 11 in every single season of his career when playing the full season, of course. So when he comes into this offense now, like, I'm just not as concerned. And I mm-hmm. still like the weapons he has at his disposal. Like we've seen Aaron Rodgers still put up top five finishes. And, and I'm not saying Russell Wilson is Aaron Rodgers. Don't don't hear what I'm not saying. But we've still seen Aaron Rodgers have elite fantasy performances in in this uh Matt LaFleur, Nathaniel Hackett offense. So I I'm just I'm just not as worried. I'm I'm just not like a 95. Like I haven't met eight. I feel great about it. I'm drafting him in a ton of drafts because he's sitting right around. That 10, that 8, that 9, 10, 11 range in every single draft. And I'm taking him there every single time, especially if I have another wide receiver on, on the Denver Broncos, we'll talk about shortly. But I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm just not as concerned.
1: Which is fair. And, and I think to give my percentage some perspective as well. Yeah. Like I could say the same percentage for like Mahomes finishing
0: as a top five quarterback this year. Oh, interesting. Okay. We'll talk so about like, him.
1: We will, we will actually, but like that, like 80, that like 75 to 80 is like my like 90% for you, I guess. Sure. I just, I just give more credit to the other, you know, <laughs> possibilities Yeah. than probably than I should. But I, if we're for me, if I hit 90, I'm almost at like a hundred then
0: <laughs>
1: math. big brains big Big brain
0: energy right there yeah big math no that makes sense that makes sense but i mean clearly both have him as a top 10 option you could probably slot a few guys in there ahead of him potentially but like if we get full fully healthy russ back like i think big things are in store in denver for him this year Mm -hmm. let's talk about his pass catchers as we we just talked about the big debate in the fantasy football community right now is Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. And frankly, based on our rankings, it's not as close as people are making it out to be. We both prefer, well, I should say all three of us because I know Cameron does as well. All three of us, we prefer Cortland Sutton to Jerry Judy here. What's your primary reason for that? Because you have Sutton at wide receiver 17 Mm -hmm. and Jerry Judy at wide receiver 33. I have Sutton at 13, which is... Honestly, I think fairly high in Judy at wide receiver twenty six. So, why is there? I mean, for both of us, it's about a you know. Uh, well, I guess your gap is your gap is sixteen, and my gap is thirteen. So, what? Why? Why is there this massive gap between the two here? When we've seen DK and, and Tyler Lockett finish back to back.
1: That is that that's a very good point. I just I've asked this-
0: myself that a lot. And it makes me question my. Both my Sutton and Judy ranking if I'm putting too much stock into one or the other.
1: Yeah, I just I just think Sutton is going to get I mean you can look at data and just look at how Russell Wilson likes the bigger wide receivers. Yeah. Because <laughs> he likes to just chuck the ball downfield. That's it. I mean and like Lot and don't get don't get me wrong, like both Metcalf and Lockett were downfield guys, right? Yep. In their own in their own respect. Sutton and Judy can also be like that. But you kind of need a, a a compliment to a downfield guy. And I think Judy is much more of a compliment than Lockett was. And, and, and again, we've said this before. You can go look up at all the, the, the heat maps and, and the route trees and all that stuff. It does favor Sutton, but like they will find a way to utilize Judy because oh, Judy yeah. was a Judy was a top twelve? top 15 pick in in let's see two years ago three years ago
0: like uh three years ago would be now in the 2020 yeah, draft
1: we're like jerry judy has talent and he he is very very good he's so, very good. Like, like i think in some ways we can be we can be high on sunday but like we could also be much more higher on judy because i because I, I think what we're trying to say is that like everyone's kind of in this like low end wide receiver to high end flex territory for Sutton and Judy. Yep. We're willing to put Sutton closer to like 15, but we could also, we could also put Judy kind of closer to that high end flex spot as well.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Like I keep going back and forth and like, I feel like I have so many good things to say about Sun and just not as many for Judy. Yet at the end of the day, if you tell me, if you ask me like, does Jerry Judy have top 15 upside? I would tell you yes. Like, I like that's not out of the range of outcomes, I don't think. Do I think it'll happen? No, I think you know top 20 is probably more likely. Top 25 is certainly, I think, and I'm like, what did I say? I have him at 26, 24, 26. So like 25, top 25, I think is extremely likely. Top 20, maybe a little less likely, but like both of these guys. Have immense immense upside this year. Like I've given, you you, you kind of referenced my argument for Sutton, right? You you talk about the type of of routes and targets that Russell Wilson peppers his wide receivers with. You overlay a, a Cortland Sutton route tree and a Russell Wilson heat map target a target heat map. Cortland Sutton is on about eighty five percent of those routes that that Russell Wilson is targeting more favorably than the across the middle routes that we see Jerry Judy typically run. I think we could see Jerry Judy get more involved on the outside this year, especially with Tim Patrick um, now out for the season with an ACL tear. I just prefer Sutton. He's the bigger body. I think he's going to catch more touchdowns than Jerry Judy. It, uh, to my eye, people might disagree with this. He's the more proven wide receiver out of the two. Oh, yeah. No one will like that. Nobody but that's will like that. Just the fact it, that's just one a has fact. A, one has an eleven yard eleven no almost eleven hundred yard season on his resume. I believe Sutton was at like ten ninety, mm-hmm. uh, his sophomore year in the league. Judy hasn't hit that mark yet, and right and, and you can say like a quarterback play has sucked. Well, it has for Sutton too. The other argument I hear a lot is, well, look at how many targets Cortland Sutton saw when he and Jerry Judy were on the field at the same time. You don't know whose quarterback was Teddy Bridgewater, who can't throw the ball downfield to save his life.
1: You know who's worst offensive deep ball accuracy in the
0: league. Say that you again.
1: Know, you know whose offensive coordinator was?
0: Who's his offensive coordinator?
1: Well, Pat Shermer.
0: Yeah, Pat and Pat Shermer does not like the deep ball. That does not favor a player like Cortland Sutton. No, imagine Pat Shermer on the Minnesota Vikings still with Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I'd be in shambles.
1: Jefferson would want to trade after like his first year.
0: Anyways, I digress. Uh, former. Offensive coordinator Pat Shermer from the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I just, I, it, everything in that offense favors Sutton more. Like we need to throw out all this old Denver Broncos crap because this is a new regime. There's a new quarterback, an actually talented quarterback. Might I add, right? Like we're not playing with the ghost of Joe Flacco and like potential or not potential a uh, permanent backup case. Keenum, right? Like, we're we're done with those guys now. We have an elite superstar quarterback who's ready to pepper these guys with quality targets. Also, can I say like, Cortland Sun, like exploded at the start of last season with Drew Locke, who is who is a much better downfield thrower than Teddy Bridgewater. Can I just say that? Like, can I put that on the record and like tell people to just go look at Fancy Pros? You may
1: want to just say it a little louder for the people in the back. I just I laugh how many
0: Googleable facts people dispute facts facts. it's not like i'm not out here just like giving you my thoughts or like assumptions of like oh i think this happened go google it (laughs) it's a google search away at any rate i digress so we both agree we would rather have Cortland sutton but the gap in our projections is definitely closer than it appears Objects (laughs) Objects, should, and mirror, then... <laughs> objects in mirror, objects mirror may seem closer than they appear. I feel like that's that's, that's that's the perfect summation of our thoughts on Sutton and Judy. Yes, so you're driving, you're you're on the Sutton train, but but Judy's pulling up quick on the motorcycle <laughs> in the rearview mirror. <laughs> yeah. So no, I, I we like both of them this year, but let's talk about the other headache duo on this team. Not wide receivers, the two running backs, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Holy crap, I didn't realize I was so low, so low on Melvin Gordon, but I guess I am. Um, <laughs> uh, Javante Williams, uh, it feels like he is the clear favorite to lead this backfield this year. There's been a ton of hype of trying to push Javante Williams into that top 12, top 10 range of running backs. He's very frequently being drafted right around you know, running back 10 to 12. I can't get on that train yet. I just can't. Not quite there. I have as my running back sixteen currently. You're close, Tyler. You have as your running back thirteen. What what's your split? Let me let me say this. What's your split on Javante and Melvin Gordon this year? Like, how do you have them splitting carries? Because in training camp, we have heard every bit of of pieces of news possible. Of 70-30 Javante. It's 55-45 Javante. Melvin Gordon is getting more work in the receiving game. Oh, but now they're on a pitch count. Right? Like we have heard literally everything possible from this this offense and the running back. So, how do you have them statted out currently in terms of their split carries?
1: I got it anywhere between like the 60-40 split and a 65-35 split. Sure. Like Yep. Like, I, it, it's enough to give an edge to Javante, but it is just enough of Melvin Gordon to just tick off anyone that has Javante Williams.
0: 100%. I'm at a 65-35 split right now, and I think that's as generous as I'm going to get. Because I, I personally, I like, Melvin Gordon was pretty good last year. Mm-hmm. melvin gordon was pretty good last year oh my goodness and i'm getting a call right now um that's awkward from a person that i have not talked to in ages um <laughs> at any rate i digress was not expecting that um we're all over the place no i have at 65 35 right now and i think that's as generous as i'm going to get mostly because i i don't i don't st- think the Broncos want to just give Javante the full workload right now. Like, is he capable of receiving it? Absolutely. But I don't see why you bring Melvin Gordon back to give Javante Williams 75% of the carries. I just don't, I don't see that. And jo- I know Javante is dominating the first team reps. I know he's seen, you know, 80% of the carries with the first team uh, in, in the first couple of days of training camp, but I don't know what world it is where Javante Williams sees even north of 70% of the carries this year, let alone 70% of the carries this year. So I might honestly have him maxed out at his carries in my rankings right now. and That puts him at running back 16. I
1: think the biggest difference is who's going to get the touchdowns this year. Because Melvin Gordon was really relevant because of his touchdowns last year.
0: Right. He had eight and Javante had four.
1: Javante finished higher, though, because of his receiving. Correct. So it's really... I, I guess when it comes down to how we think these guys will finish this year, it's really going to come down to the rushing touchdowns. Sure. And I think with a Shanahan offense, I mean, that favors Javante. Does it not? I no, mean, No, it
0: does. I have Javante for seven touchdowns and Melvin Gordon for five.
1: That that's the thing though. And it's, I guess the point I made earlier, Melvin Gordon will take just enough to keep Javante Williams on that fringe and you're like 100%. this week will be the week where Javante really takes over. It won't happen because Melvin Gordon will score a rushing touchdown or right. something like that, right? Like it'll it'll happen every single week.
0: Yeah. If Javante Williams has one more touchdown, if he has eight touchdowns, he jumps up to my wide receiver 13. Like that is how close I have packed my wide receiver 12 to my wide receiver eight to my wide receiver and wide receiver running back, excuse me. That's how close I have my running back 12 to like my running back 17. They're all within like six, seven fantasy points of each other. So like my, my ranking is not to say like, I am out on Javante Williams. I'm not in on drafting him as a running back 10. If he falls to the running back 14 range though, and you start, you know, throwing guys like, I'm trying to think who I, who else I have in that range. Like even Ezekiel Elliott or Javante Williams. Like I start to think about it a little bit more. James Connor, Javante Williams. I start to think about that one a little bit more. Right. Like Javante's upside is just enough that I am willing to stop and say, oh, boy, actually, mm-hmm. what if like what if he just explodes this year? Which and I don't know if some of those other guys will explode to the tier that Javante could this year.
1: I. I apologize for the. Modal. modog,
0: modog we... causing issues. We were we were pleasantly
1: talking about football, and then all of a sudden, the vacuum starts going, and then we're yelling at the guard dog. I apologize. <laughs> anyway, um, I feel like this emphasizes really the 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 reason why we don't go zero RB, and that we go actually two running backs in the first two rounds of our drafts. Yeah, because if you can grab a. Uh, let's say a Najee Harris and then you get Aaron Jones in the second round. You don't have to mess with running backs after that for at least a couple rounds, at least a couple rounds. Right. Versus if you wait and you take two wide receivers, then you're kind of stuck in this like James Connor and oh gosh, (laughs) fill in the blank of any other running back debate that you get yourself into. I Again, I think that the, the point that you're making of just like these running backs are anywhere between like 13, 17, 18. That's where the headache starts for running backs. <laughs> right. and I want to do everything that I can to avoid that.
0: Uh, yes, 100%. I don't want to walk out of my draft and say, you know what? Honestly, maybe I should have just taken Aaron Jones in the second instead of getting CeeDee Lamb, who admittedly is a little bit of a question mark, right? Like we have all the confidence in the world in him, but like it's no guarantee he finishes top seven where he's being drafted right now. Maybe I should have taken an Aaron Jones there. And then in the fourth, I should have taken a Michael Pittman, a Mike Williams instead of, okay, well now all of a sudden I have Josh Jacobs as my running back too. a right. breeze hall is my, I, I love breeze hall, but right. Like you start playing these games then of like, Maybe I should have gone a different route, right? Yeah, so I, I, I agree with that sentiment entirely. As I see, we have spent a little ton of time on the Broncos here. I, um, I was
1: just gonna say the Broncos probably needed the most diving into, yes, because it is such a dead. question mark. They 100 percent, three dead. teams will just breeze by.
0: <laughs> yes, these next three teams will breeze by. Uh, one more thought though, one more player, Albert Quigman. Um, any interest in him this year? You just wanted to say his last. No, name. no. I, I mean, he's getting hype <laughs> in the community. I love saying Albert Quigbonam, but I mean,
1: uh, I, I say mean, his
0: whole name on purpose. On per- <laughs>
1: um, I I think the I well had we talked about this like two weeks before. I don't think we would have said anything about it. But now that Tim Patrick's out, there is some you know, there's a poll to Alberto this year. But I again, I'm. <laughs> Give me away from the tight ends. I mean, can we name one tight end that Russell Wilson like actually threw the ball to?
0: Will Disley. He had some relevance. I, yeah, but, like, well. but like it was it, it, again, it was very like, oh, yeah. Will Disley had a, a four straight weeks of a touchdown and then he just was, kind of faded to nothingness.
1: I, I was going to say, like, if anything, he had streaming appeal, yep. not like roster appeal. And I feel like that's where I'm at with Robert with Alberto.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's move on to the Kansas City Chiefs, and like you said, these are really going to breeze by because it's a lot of elite players, and frankly, I think we're all kind of on the same page here. Uh, Let's start with superstar quarterback Patrick Mahomes, who, my goodness, people, we need to quit drafting Patrick Mahomes as a top three quarterback. Like, I am fully ready to say that. We need to stop drafting him as a top three quarterback. Patrick Mahomes hasn't finished as a top three quarterback the past three seasons. He also hasn't finished top in the top three quarterbacks in fantasy points per game the past three seasons. You're trying to tell me that I now need to spend a third-round pick on Patrick Mahomes as the second quarterback off the board after he lost his superstar wide receiver this offseason and no hate on Juju Smith-Schuster. I love Juju Smith-Schuster this season, but he ain't no Tyreek Hill. Sky Moore is no Tyreek Hill. Marcos Valdez-Scantling sure ain't no Tyreek Hill. (laughs) Why are we still doing this? His ADP is too high. You have my quarterback five, I have my quarterback six. He should not be going in the second round. The earliest he should be going is the fifth round. Change my mind.
1: I mean, I mean, let's give some credit to Patrick Mahomes. Like he's, oh, he's a great, great very, talent. He's a great talent. Best and quarterback
0: he's, in the NFL. You can ask me that. Any day well, of the week. He, he is the best quarterback in the NFL.
1: And he's a solid fantasy option.
0: Yes. But yes. we're
1: just out on the price tag. And, and look, we don't we're not denying the the upside that he has because he is Patrick Mahomes. Right but he is a far riskier pick than people think.
0: Oh, in the third round, that's what it is. Like he's far less risky. If you draft him in the fifth round, mm-hmm. if you draft him and in the no. third, all the guys you're missing out on in the third round, uh, Michael Pittman, DJ Moore, AJ Brown, Ezekiel Elliott, James Connor, Javante Williams, Saquon, uh, Saquon Barkley is borderline third, borderline round. third. Yeah. But I I listed half a round of guys. I mean, we could keep going after that even, right? T. Higgins going in the third round. Keenan Allen in the third round. Mike Williams. Like, I I probably wouldn't take him third round because his ADP is so insanely low. But, right, like, these are guys that you could be taking instead of Patrick Mahomes, who is not going to finish as a quarterback two this year. I will put money on it. I would, like, if prize picks, promo code fellas, had... (laughs) a fantasy prop on it (laughs) that was totally a random plug i did not actually script that out reply for that whatsoever
1: we love it shameless plug
0: he's not gonna finish their people he's just he's just not going to so stop spending a third round pick on him as the second overall quarterback just stop it please i love patrick Mahomes. i do he's the best quarterback in the nfl not a top three quarterback for fantasy football this year. Nope. I got what I needed to off my chest. Uh, let's move on to a guy who is worthy of a, of a first or second round, well, second round pick for sure, Travis Kelsey. Uh, look, he's one or two, okay? I have him firmly at one, mostly because of Tyreek Hill leaving and the nature of the Kansas City offense and what they're going to need to do to stay in games this year. You have a tight end too. Is there any specific reason for that outside of like I know you really like Mark Andrews, but like, is there anything that keeps Kelsey Kelsey? Huh? Is there anything that keeps Travis Kelsey from jumping Mark Andrews in your eyes this year or staying ahead of Mark I mean, Andrews? I should say
1: it was. It's honestly a coin flip on it. That that's honestly what it is. And I think the reason why I got Kelsey too is I'm just worried the defenses are going to kind of take away the middle of the field. They're going to force Mahomes to go outside where Travis Kelsey is more times than not, not there. (laughs) So um, maybe, maybe Andy Reid is getting Kelsey out on the sidelines a little bit more knowing that's what defenses are going to try to take away. But again, it's a coin flip. They're both the number one option in their offense. So it's just a pick your, you know, pick your flavor and just be happy.
0: (laughs) I'm totally fine. Drafting Travis Kelsey in the second round. That's what I'll say. I'm Um, fine
1: drafting both of I'm drafting both Andrews and Kelsey in the second round.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, Mark, Andrews is going tail into the second round. Kelsey's more like early second round. So either way, I think you can draft both of them second round to get perfectly fine value. I have, I have no gripes with where either of them are going because, well, Travis, Kelsey, the one who we're actually talking about, I have him as my tight end one. He is the definition of positional positional advantage in fantasy football. Let's move on to this backfield, though. This backfield is... Uh, give me one word to describe this backfield. Okay. Oh,
1: hate it. <laughs> That's two. <laughs> two words. I'll, hy- I'll put in a hyphen for one. I hate, <laughs> it. <laughs> hate it.
0: Hate it. You can hyphenate hate anything and just make it one word. Um, My word, I think, is... Uh, disgusting <laughs> like i Dang, don't want to touch this that's the... with the 10-foot pole even you. though i have Clyde inside of my top 30 running backs here let's ask the same question that i did with russell wilson what's your level of confidence in having Clyde Edwards-Elair as a top 30 running back this year
1: oh oh boy Like 55 60
0: i like i think i'm below 50 man i think i'm at like i think i'm at like a 40 percent like I, every day I, I look at every day i hear more and more news out of Kansas City and the more and more i'm like i i really don't think i want Clyde Edwards-Helaire this high in my rankings
1: no i if anything i i think this backfield is going to be
0: a committee i they're just going to use a hot hand yeah i i think it is because every every move they made this off season indicates they don't want to give Clyde a, a full workload even a a 75% workload. You bring in Ronald Jones, who's much more of a downhill running back than Clyde is. You bring back Jarek McKinnon, who pass catching extraordinaire. You draft Isaiah Pacheco, who is lighting up camp right now. Got some work with the ones, right? Like, I don't know how much confidence the Chiefs actually have in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So I don't have any statistical evidence for you. You can just go back and look at how frustrating Clyde Edward Clyde Edwards has been the past two seasons. I just don't think I, I, Andy Reid, I don't think, just wants to commit to him anymore, like he was willing to do at one point.
1: He doesn't. I mean Jerk McKinnon wasn't supposed to be back with the team and then all of a sudden he is. right like this this team will just go with a hot hand. And I don't really. I mean, <laughs> shoot, I think <laughs> if you draft CEH, you better be happy if he's a hot hand in like at, in half of the games this year. Yeah. I, that's really going to be his ceiling is half of the amount of games this year.
0: I, I don't see myself drafting much cladded birdseed lair at all this year he's kind of, he's someone that I'm pretty much willing to stay away from at, at all costs. Uh, last pass catcher. I think that's worth spending some time talking about Juju Smith, Schuster newly acquired weapon for the Kansas city chiefs signed a one year deal loaded with incentives, right? It's a very incentive, heavy contract to get his payday, which I think people are trying to use as a knock on why Juju won't be good. I'm like, to me, if your contract is loaded on incentives would you not that, want to perform to meet those and like its motivation? Like, oh, you know what? I got I got the whatever guaranteed money I got. I'm willing. Like, if it's an incentive based contract, would the incentive the incentive is there to incentivize you to hit those marks? Right. I, I think it's just a silly argument. Mm-hmm. At any rate, um, I have as my wide receiver twenty nine. You have him as your wide receiver twenty six. So we're big Juju Smith Schuster believers. He's currently being drafted outside of the top thirty wide receivers. That's a steal. I think it is too. I think it is too.
1: I mean, is there a possibility he finishes his top 25 this year?
0: Oh, 100%. 100%, yes. Like, I, when you're, when you're attached to Patrick Mahomes, like most commonly, wide receivers perform better when they switch teams or when a quarterback switches to their team, that is a like astronomical improvement from the situation that they're in. Right. We, we, we've been saying this switching from mediocrity to like acceptable doesn't do a lot for your fantasy value, but when you go from acceptable to superstar, okay, that, that does something. It happened for Cooper cup. It happened for, it, it could happen for Juju this year, right? We're, we're looking at Allen Robinson as another guy like that who switched teams But you had Justin Fields, Mitch Trubisky, the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton throwing you the football. Now you go to Matt Stafford. Okay, I'm a little bit more intrigued now. You go from noodle arm, probably should have retired two years ago, Big Ben, to Patrick Mahomes hitting the prime of his career. Already has a Super Bowl win under his belt, right? Like, Juju could be in for a big year. He could be in for a big year.
1: Dare we say league winner? I think he has league winning upside. I I think he
0: does. I'm willing to say that.
1: Well, we'll say it, but I'm not trying to let our league mate in on it because because he has him, and he won't trade him unless we drop the value on him. So Juju is just overrated, honestly. Bro, he sucks. he is just trash. So, yeah.
0: Uh just to rattle off a few other names. Uh if you gotta choose one to pick in the later round of your drafts, that's not named Juju Smith Schuster. Sky Moore, MVS, or Nicole Hardman. If you gotta choose MBS.
1: one. MVS.
0: I think I'm leaning Sky Moore, but MVS, if if I don't get Sky Moore, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry about it because I could get MVS. Like I like both of them as late round players. I,
1: if there's anyone I'm not touching I like, I'm just I I'm willing to admit if I'm wrong on this, I don't buy in on the sky more stuff at all. Really? I really, I really, really don't because I just don't. We're seeing this Isaiah Pacheco, Jerick McKinnon also kind of did that last year. Like there's a lot of talk about the weapons in Kansas city. And now we've got sky more in the backfield and in the slot and stuff. That's the role that McCole Hartman had last year. And I'm not saying that McCole Hartman is going to go right back to that role. But like, is this just I'm like, I feel like this is more of just like introducing Sky Moore to the McCole Hartman role because they're not going to bring back Hartman next year. And then when that happens, that's when Sky Moore takes over. It's not going to be this year. But I, I can understand taking a flyer. Personally, for me, I just I cannot convince myself to do it.
0: It's interesting you say that because then the follow-up question to that is, when has Mecole Hardman been fantasy relevant? Which is, I think, what you need to ask yourself when you make that argument. And, and the answer is, never, very seldom. Uh, so, yeah, no. I, well, I mean, so when you phrase it like that, your argument makes a lot more sense, which I could buy in on that a little bit more and say, you know what, maybe I am more willing to take a shot on MVS than I am Sky Moore. I just, and I, and look,
1: MVS to me is just the like, (laughs) he's the ideal Mahomes wide receiver. Yeah. Long and lanky, super quick, super downfield or deep threat guy. Like, that's a Mahomes type wide receiver.
0: And for those of you who say MVS can't catch the football, that's an old narrative. Cut it out. He had zero drops last last year. year. He had zero drops. drops. Cut the lazy narrative. That wraps out the Chiefs. All right, we got two teams here. We really got a blazer, but frankly, I don't think we let's don't need to, we don't need to spend a ton of time on this. Uh, let's start with the the blockbuster move. Well, not really blockbuster. Uh, well, it, it it didn't feel like a blockbuster because it was just picks,
1: <laughs> which is kind of sad for the player that this is. But yeah, that's a, it, wasn't, it wasn't it wasn't a Russell time.
0: Wilson package. It was. I mean, Devontae Adams got dealt for two first round picks. <laughs> A first and a second round pick, excuse me. It wasn't even two first round picks. It was a first and a second. Mm. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, fair to say, Devontae Adams is still an elite fantasy option, but because he now has Derek Carr as his quarterback, like he's just not in that top two range anymore.
1: I mean, here's the thing. Does Devontae Adams actually belong lower than top five for us? Because if the touchdowns aren't there for Derek Carr, what is going to be there?
0: Oh, the okay. So so my counter argument to that. So this is where the argument of people saying, well, he never had an elite weapon like Adams, I think comes into play. Because I do think now all of a sudden you do have college teammates. Like, I think people are putting too much weight into these narratives. That's my frustration. It's mm. not that these narratives exist. It's that people are like, this is the reason why. And I'm like, it's not the reason why, though. It is but that much of a reason why you're trying to make your argument. But like, here's what I'll say. Devonte Adams is more likely to finish outside of the top five wide receivers. I think than inside of the top five wide receivers. Yes. Sure. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Except even though I think it's really like, a 55% chance in and a 45 or a 40, 45% chance in and a 55% chance out. Like it's, it's nearly 50, 50, but like, I think five is the perfect. Like if he finishes outside, I'm not surprised. If he finishes inside, I'm also not going to be surprised. The reality is, Derek Carr has thrown forty less touchdowns than Aaron Rodgers over the past five years. Okay, that's that's the stat we really need to talk about here. Yep, that's the stat we really need to talk about. Uh, Derek Carr just doesn't throw the same amount of touchdowns as Aaron Rodgers does. Will Derek Carr's touchdowns go up? I would say yes. Does it go up enough to keep Devontae Adams in the top three? I think no.
1: Oh, this should have been my hot take, but I guess it doesn't really have to do with finishes at all. I feel like. Darren Waller has more touchdown upside than Devontae Adams this year.
0: That's a little too hot for me. I think, Ooh. I think they have close. I, I, <laughs>
1: that, I'm sitting on it now. And I'm like, my seat's burning a little bit. Here.
0: Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, I'm like, I think that's a little too hot. I mean, I, I won't I, say I, that too loud, but like, I think it's a little too hot.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, it, I just trust Darren Waller, Derek Carr connection a little more than Devontae and Derek Carr. I don't know. Yeah. I don't deny the talent, but, like, we've seen Darren Waller thrive with Derek yeah. Carr before.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think that's a big reason why this next player now, I am just 100% out on this year. Out on. Out. I just, I don't understand why people are still interested in drafting Hunter Renfro this year. Like, you look at his previous years, 77 targets, 79 targets, I believe it was his second year. You want to know why he didn't see? Because he wasn't the number one pass catching option on that team. Why did he jump up to one hundred and twenty eight targets last year?
1: Well, because Darren Waller went out.
0: He was the literally the only option for Derek Carr on his team. Why do you think Hunter Renfro had nine touchdowns last year?
1: There was no Darren Waller,
0: and no Devonte Adams, who will see almost all of those touchdowns this year now. Right, like Hunter Renfro, I think will be fortunate to see. 110 targets this year
1: lucky
0: UK you would say lucky I was going to say lucky I lean towards fortunate because I think I think Renfro probably could see right I haven't I haven't projected at 111 but I think I have to bring that number down I just don't see I don't like 128 targets and you were the only option Henry Ruggs went ahead and just decided to be a bad human being true Darren Washington. I, that's very harsh, but you, you get my point. Darren Waller was injured. Can you name who the wide receiver two was on that team last year? It
1: was Zay Jones.
0: Well, I was going to say Brian Edwards. So that's that goes to show how how, <laughs> how how confident we were in who the wide receiver two was.
1: Actually, it was Foster Moreau. There actually, it is, Foster
0: Moreau <laughs> He moved slotted in wide receiver a few weeks. <laughs> point being. I, I just I, I can't buy into Hunter Renfro, man. For all for where he's being drafted, the guys around him, when you're looking at the Alan Lazards, you're looking at the Christian Kirks, you're looking at the Brandon IUKs, you're looking oh. at I you're looking at guys who have so much more freaking upside than Hunter Renfro does this year. I like he like at where he's going in the draft, I am not looking for safety. I am not looking for the guy who's going to see six targets a game and will have five receptions for 47 yards. Like I am not interested in that at that point. Give me Brandon Ayuk, who has a chance to see seven targets a game and 85 yards in each game. Give me that upside Set all seven days of the week and twice on Sunday over Hunter Renfro. I wanna
1: I want to do some research and see like the last time we've seen three skill player, or I shouldn't say skill players, but like three pass catchers from a single team finish. Like I, it gets complicated because like Renfro's like going, total
0: fantasy points.
1: Well, re, Yeah. I mean like Renfro's going as a wide receiver or like late thirties yeah. right now, but like
0: lower in, than in, or higher than where we have him. I have him at 39. You have him at 41. I believe he's going right around 36, 37. Yeah.
1: um But like Waller's a, top five tight end Adams yep. is the top five wide receiver, but like, let's say Adams finishes wide receiver eight and Waller finishes tight end six. I don't think, I think the point is we, there's just no room for him to finish. There's you know, not uh, right where he's being drafted at or above.
0: There's no other, there, there is no upside to Hunter Renfro. There is no upside to Hunter Renfro unless something happens to Devontae Adams. There's just not. There's there's just not. I have such little interest in Hunter Renfro this year. I don't, like, I get he was a nice story last year, and I get he, you, you want to try and make him the sneaky, like, does he actually have value, guy? But when you catch nine touchdowns uh, as the wide receiver one in that Raiders offense, and then you get a superstar to replace you, sorry, you're irrelevant now. Whoa, you just got bug eyes.
1: Something non-fancy football related. Sorry.
0: All right, you're good. I'm like I was waiting for a notification to roll through on my phone, and I didn't see anything. So uh, <laughs> we're sorry, gonna keep going. Sorry. All right, we still got a whole team to get through here yet. Ah, uh, Darren Waller. He's a top five tight end, correct? We both have him at tight correct. end four. Um, I, yeah, I'm. I think I'm willing to call him a a lock for a top five tight end, top six for sure. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr, not yeah. top twelve for Knocked you not team. top 15. I what? have him at 15, you have him at 16. So you have no interest in even if you punt on quarterback taking a shot on Derek Carr this year because he, it always feels like there's the one quarterback every year where you're like, "Ooh, I mean, he could. I feel like I'm taking a gamble by waiting on him like the Jalen Hurts last year, right? Where it's like he could be good, maybe. But like Derek Carr's not that guy. Correct?
1: No. I mean, give me Trevor Lawrence at his oh. ADP compared to Derek Carr.
0: Oh, okay, at his ADP. Okay, all right. I had to factor yeah. in the add his ADP there. I'm like I oh. had, oh. <laughs> had to
1: clarify because if I just straight up say, give me Trevor Lawrence over Derek Carr, everyone would be like, you're crazy. No, yeah. ADPs. ADPs.
0: <laughs> yes. yes, 100% agree. The guy you want, like, you want Kirk Cousins over Derek Carr, correct? Yes. I do as well. You want Trey Lance over Derek Carr. Oh, Trey Lance. Yeah, I want Trey Lance over Derek Carr as well. Like those Shout are, out Alex Caruso. <laughs> yeah, dude. Alex was so much fun to have on, man. Uh, we gotta get him back on soon. At any rate, Derek Carr is not the guy you think he is. We would rather have Kirk and Trey Lance over him. Those are the two quarterbacks I would much rather wait on than than Derek Carr this year. Uh and Josh Jacobs. What is this gonna be a is this gonna be a committee backfield? Yes. How much, how, how much of a committee? Because you have Jacobs at 24. So that indicates, like, Jacobs has some standalone value, but, like, not enough to where, obviously, you know, he's been finishing top 12 the past two seasons, right? Like...
1: Well, I, I just think anywhere below 25 is too far of a drop from where he has been in the past. You know, like, yeah. I, I I don't remember the last running back that has such a... That has had a drastic drop from borderline running back one to not even running back to territory. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So like part of him, part of me putting him at 24 is really just like, he's still going to be relevant, but like, I mean, he's a goal line running back at this point. Like that's really all there is to him.
0: The thing about Josh Jacobs, that's kept him so valuable. The past two years is his work in the passing game. I just don't see that continuing this year with 64 targets last year. I'm sorry, Josh Jacobs is not going to see north of 50 targets this year. I like, nope. well, he, I think I haven't projected for 50 targets. I should be careful what I say. I think I've projected right at 50. But the matter of fact is that when you bring in Devontae Adams, you get a Darren Waller healthy, you still have Hunter Renfro, you have pass catching running back. Kenyon Drake, they brought in Brandon Bolden, who was a pass catching back in New England. I don't see the path to Josh Jacobs needing to see north of 50 targets this year. I just don't think Mike McDaniel will force that.
1: Oh, I mean, <laughs> my favorite stat for Josh Jacobs, his dot last year, his average depth of target was literally in the negatives, <laughs> which means he got screens or check downs.
0: Yeah, they created nothing for him.
1: um, And I was going to say, like, Gruden has his coach for half the year. (laughs) I'm willing to bet it was more check down than it was screen.
0: Yes, I would agree.
1: And when you have a coaching change, that is the one thing for running backs that is immediately put into question in terms of how it translates to next year. If your receiving work is coming from check downs, and you have a new coach it ain't it ain't going to be the same
0: <laughs> no it, it's just not i like josh jacobs targets will not keep going up by 17 each season right like we need to chill a little bit on on that on that aspect
1: um, oh but his adp is so good though lucas don't you understand his adp uh, is just amazing
0: well yeah and they added devonte adams so that'll open things up more for josh jacobs and they'll be in scoring position more often sure I think I have Josh Jacobs sat it out at 10 touchdowns this year, but also like I like, it's just the stupid efficiency stat that I hate talking about because <laughs> we assume how an offense is going to run before we actually see it. And I guess that like, it is a valid vice versa argument, but I'm sorry, just because you add Devonte Adams, does that not also mean they're going to be more inclined to pass the football? And it doesn't just automatically open up the tab, right? Like there are so many counter arguments here where it's like, you know what? Why are we trying to assume so much? Why don't we look at what we do know and base our projections on that? And I do know Josh Jacobs won't see 65 targets again this season. Therefore, he is significantly lower than the top 15 of my rankings. Case in point. Case in point. All right, let's blow through the Chargers because frankly, I don't think we need to sit here and spend too much time on the Chargers. Justin Herbert's a top three quarterback for fantasy football. See not? Yep. All right, great. We can move on. Uh, I, I don't think there's any denying that. Keenan Allen. It's a top 10 wide receiver for all of us. You have him at 8. I have him at 10. We love Keenan Allen. He's Mr. Consistent. Uh, odds he sees another 140-plus target season this year. I
1: mean, 100%. <laughs> like, I was gonna say I it, think it I'm was... at
0: like 90 there, mostly because I think we could see like a changing of guards to the next guy we're going to talk about, potentially. But like, you know, again, if I'm a betting man, I would put the money on over 140 targets for Keenan Allen this year. Mm-hmm. I, we're going to remain an elite option. I, there's no two ways about it. I think the only thing you could say is like touchdowns. You would like to see a bit more touchdowns. But frankly, I think that's where this next guy has really stepped up and started to take over there. And that's why I we're all in on Mike Will this year. Why, wide receiver 11, for, I didn't realize you had to your wide receiver 11. He's wide receiver for me, wide receiver 11 for you. Can we quit using inconsistency as a metric for, for judging players' values? Can we, this because this is the argument I want to use for Mike Will. Mike Will is giving you, what What was his fantasy points per game last year? Can you pull that up for me
1: 15.4.
0: 15.4, his fantasy points per game last year. We'll use that as the median because that is your average across the entire season. Okay. You look at what he can give you. If he gives you, let's say his his average floor, right? You know his outlier floor is like four, but that's every fantasy football wide receiver. Okay.
1: Tyree Hill had
0: that. Bingo. His average floor is seven. His ceiling is twenty eight. The difference between, let's do some math, the difference between 15 <laughs> to 7 is 8 points. You following still, boys and girls? The difference between 15 to 28 is 13. I will gladly sacrifice 7 points, 8 points each week for on the chance that Mike Will will either hit his average or his absolute maximum, or somewhere in between there. I think it is far more likely he booms every single week he does bust every single week.
1: Here's a stat that I found on Mike Williams. 6 of his 16 games last year he finished with over 20 fantasy points. 37% of the time he was over 20 points. That is that percentage alone is far bigger and greater than majority of the other receivers that you see in the league. And like Cooper Cup is an exception. Devontae Adams is an exception. They're the outliers. But like when you when you get outside of the top five wide receivers and you're like, I want something with I want someone that can really kind of boom week to week. Mike Williams is your guy.
0: Mike Williams is your guy. He's going as the wide receiver 19 after finishing as the wide receiver 10. And half PPR formats, people. Feed I don't me know what that
1: all day. If
0: you don't want a top twelve wide receiver, we will gladly take him for you. Like when you say you don't, Mike Williams, too inconsistent for me. You don't want a top ten, a top twelve wide receiver. That's what you just told me. That's what you just told me. I, I can't believe it. I, I it makes me sick that people don't want Mike Williams this year. It made just sick. Sick. And, and you know, people in my leagues, I play in leagues with, go ahead. You can pass on Mike Williams. I'll take him, but everybody else who passing on Mike Williams, you're missing a chance on winning your league. Austin Eckler top three fantasy running back. Still. I think it's like,
1: I'd I'd say top five. Top three is like, if everything goes right for Eckler, which I feel like it did last year, but top five for sure.
0: I would agree. I think top five. He he's t- he shouldn't be going outside of the top five running backs. I, that I agree with. We don't need to say more on Austin Eckler. PPR extraordinaire. I would argue one of the safer options because of his pass catching ability. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts you you have before we wrap up the podcast here? I would I would go through difficult rankings, easy rankings, whole nine yards. But like, we got to wrap this thing out. We're running overtime here.
1: Yeah. Uh, no. Not I mean please just look up stats and take stats as facts because that's just what it is that's just what it is
0: we're not just a, a group of 20 something year olds here just spewing crap out of our butts okay right like we put our time and research into this we wouldn't just say things here for, for instance on tiktok I made, I made a post recently. Three players that will absolutely outperform their ADP this year. Ezekiel Elliott was on the list. I said that he was top 10 in carries, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, carries inside of the five, routes, run targets, receptions amongst running backs last year, all while finishing as the running back six and half PPR formats. And it, it was, was a, a Google thing. It was, it was a, a, a bad, bad season, right? It was a Googleable thing. Someone in the comments says, Zeke sure as hell wasn't the running back six last year. I had him on my team in that exact same scoring format. It is a googleable fact. It is a googleable fact. I like we are not just throwing things out here without researching them first. So, yes.
1: Oh, the just, comment the comments have stooped down to a level I did not think was possible.
0: I hate calling out commenters, but there's just some that is just like
1: I deserved.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast. Make sure to follow us on the socials, Fellas on Twitter, the Fellas on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellas, Facebook, YouTube, and the good old TikTok. We're still pumping out quality content for you there every single day. Yeah, come play with us on Underdog, baby. Come play with us on Underdog. You can check out that yeah. link uh, down in the description here on YouTube. It is also in the description of this podcast as well. Uh, we are hosting Underdog Leagues every single day that you can come play in. Uh, use the promo code FELLAS when signing up. They'll match your first deposit up to... $100 with that just three stages being dues the fancy football fellows podcast thanks for tuning in this week y'all deuces deuces